You are listening to the 100K Hairstylist Podcast, episode number nine. I'm James Gartner, hairstylist turned top 200 salon owner. But it wasn't all that long ago that I was a broke stylist just trying to get by. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and I was able to sell my salon and build the business I have today, teaching others exactly how I did it. I created the 100K Hairstylist Podcast to give you a simple, actionable, step-by-step strategy to do exactly the same thing. If you're an ambitious hairstylist, salon owner, or even one in the making who's looking to create a business that is thriving and helps you create a life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the 100K Hair Stylist Show. And today is a super duper important episode. Um, We are getting on into it now. Um, We are talking all about how to survive your first year as a hairstylist. So you're out in the field and you're beginning your career, right? Um, it can be really scary, no, you know, not knowing what to expect and even more scary if you do not have a plan. So if you do nothing and not create a plan, there is a cost. And, you know, through your first year without a plan, you could fail miserably. You could end up with a ton of corrections, hair corrections, that means people coming back into the salon, um, unhappy guests, and not end up growing your business and moving the needle on the things that you need to in order to propel your career as a hairdresser. So... You have, to, you have to have a plan, and you know if you take that even a step further and you do nothing and you don't create a plan, you could end up completely disliking your career, and I see a lot of people exit the career entirely in their first year to two years because they just did not set themselves up for success, so we don't want that for you. So it doesn't have to be that way. If you plan your work and you work your plan, you will be on the fast track to success. So I've coached countless hairstylists that are new to the industry and have grown to be fully booked in less than a year. If you have the right plan, you too can grow super, super fast, build your skills, and succeed. So let me go ahead and share all of that good stuff with you today, and we'll jump into what that plan is, shall we? So without further ado, number one, know that you are learning and you're going to mess up a lot. (laughs) Okay. And I know that sucks to hear, but in the beginning of your career, you're going to F up a lot of hair. It just is what it is. And, you know, what I want you to do is think of each and every mess up as an opportunity to grow and improve. So take it as what I call a discovery. So those who I've coached in the salon, I say take it as a discovery, take the bits that you can from it and move on. It is as simple as that. The worst thing that you can do is get defensive. And I see this happen so often. And, you know, there's reason behind it. I mean, I get it. This is your artistic career. This is your creative passion. And when somebody doesn't like your work or something doesn't go as planned and you've got your manager coming to you or your owner or boss, whoever it might be, saying, hey, this person's unhappy and they want to come back, 
it can be a uh, a hit to the um to the ego so to speak and i feel like the worst thing you can do is get defensive about it because here's the deal if somebody's coming back to you that means that they believe in your skill set enough for you to make it right and adjust it however they may want it it could be something so simple so just take what you can from the situation, make it right for the customer, and move on. Um, and, you know, the worst thing you could do is take it home with you. I know a lot of people who will get so upset about adjustments or corrections or customers calling because they're unhappy with their hair because something wasn't quite right. <clears throat> Excuse me, and they'll take it home with them. And I feel like that is probably the absolute worst thing you can do because you definitely do not want to bring that into your house. That is bad energy, bad juju. Trust me. So let it go at the door and just know that it may not be what that customer had envisioned, and that's okay. So let's adjust it, make it right for the customer, and just move on about your business. Take it as a discovery session, whatever it might be. And so the second thing is going to be ask for help from your senior team members, okay? Don't be afraid to ask, all right? Everybody in the industry knows what it's like to be new, and they are more than willing to help, I can guarantee you. Um, even if they're with a customer, I always tell people who are new, if I am busy working on somebody and you are just not sure about something, I would rather you come and interrupt me and ask me than go off on your own, do something, and then have an adjustment, because what happens is those adjustments take up space on your calendar for people who would have otherwise paid for your services. So you've got to be cautious about that. I would rather have somebody interrupt me and ask me a question. And people feel so timid about that because um, they're afraid to interrupt with your customer. And you know what? I actually think it's a great thing. When somebody interrupts me and wants to ask my opinion about something color-related or hair-related, it shows my customer that I am really good at what I do enough for somebody to want to come and ask for my advice. So please do interrupt. I am a-okay with that. And it just further solidifies why that person is seeing me for their hair services anyway. Um, so please, please do ask for help from your senior team members. Don't be afraid. It'll save you so much time and heartache. I think now is a great moment to take a quick break for our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Beauty Innovations Professional. Hey, I've got a question for you. If you've ever got frustrated and disappointed from drips and blotchiness during your balayage, then this message is for you because we have a solution that'll give you the most seamlessly blended application every time. What most people do during balayage is use subpar tools. They'll get uneven lift, not enough lift, and flat out unblended messy results. If you continue to paint this way, you'll ultimately lose guests in your salon. Hey, I too suffered from inadequate results from the tools I was using, and that's when it hit me. I wish I had a way to thicken my favorite lightener to get better lift and more blended results. This is when Bali Powder was born, the number one balayage additive on the market. You simply add it to any lightener, and you'll get the perfect consistency for a clean, blended balayage application. For added lift, just use Blonbo's 60-volume developer, which was made specifically for open-air techniques. It's your turn to get a beautifully lifted and blended balayage with Beauty Innovation's professional products. The choice is yours. Keep getting subpar results or become a blended balayage master. What do you want for yourself? Here's what to do. Visit bollypowder.com and use code 100K to get 10% off your first order. Now, number three, ask 
you know, you'll want to make sure that you're used after you ask for help that you have some type of a repeatable process and procedure behind the chair. Okay, now if you're in an intern program like we've talked about in the previous episode, hopefully that intern program has some key cuts and key colors that they want you to learn that you can practice over and over with. And, you know, the thing with repeatable procedures, um, I also teach them in our salon and I have taught them in uh, the past and I am uploading all of them onto our YouTube channel. So if you haven't seen any of the intern program on my YouTube channel yet, go check it out. Get up on it when we're done with this podcast. But if you have a technical procedure that you can repeat over and over and over again, you're going to create consistency for your customer. You're going to get really fast and really good at it. And that's really what customers are looking for. They're looking for consistency in your work with every visit and that they're not sitting in your chair for 10 hours. So it's important to have these repeatable technical procedures that you can own first before you get outside of the box and start going crazy. And you'll just get really, really good at them super fast. And um, that's exactly what your customers are looking for. And also, you know, something you might want to check into is does your salon offer educational opportunities? Are, is there advanced education out there available to you? Are they offering you uh, education through the product line, perhaps? Uh, do they have internal education with their high-performing team members? All things that are definitely going to help you along the way with technical procedure. So number four is know that you have less, know that you're going to have a less than desirable schedule while you're a new hairstylist. You're going to be working weekends. You're going to be working nights, probably Saturday and Sunday, and you may even be closing and then opening the next day. That is not abnormal. When you are new, you are going to get some of the most busiest times and that's nights and weekends. So it's really, really important to know that your schedule may be less than desirable, but at this point in your career, you really don't have room to be making demands. You have to kind of um, take what you can get, put in your time, and just do your due diligence. Because what's going to happen is you are going to grow, especially if you are in a salon that can help you with that. And when you grow your clientele quickly, then you can start assessing your schedule and saying, you know what, I am, uh, let's say, 80% productive, which is a, a threshold that I like to look for before you start to uh, give yourself a raise, perhaps, in your prices, and um, start uh, asking for schedule shifting. And so I would say when you start to grow, you can then start to shift your schedule that's a little bit more desirable to your lifestyle. But know that in the beginning, you're going to be working less than desirable schedules. So number five. You want to have an hourly or a commission pay structure when you start, meaning you want both um, because there's going to be a lot of white space on your books and you won't have pay during that white space. So don't jump right on into a commission environment knowing that you're not going to be fully booked because then you're going to be sitting there and you're not going to be getting paid for that time. And that's not what we want for you. You want to have commission or hourly, whichever is greater. So if you make more in commission, wonderful. If you 
you don't, at least you have that hourly to fall back on because there will be downtime and you're going to be doing cleaning and helping out with other stylists and booking appointments perhaps and even um, shampooing people. So you want to get paid for that work. You don't want to just be on a commission structure. And I see a lot of people do this as they get put on a commission structure and they're doing all of this free work. But really, I would say make sure that you get an hourly or a commission as a backup for sure. And then number six, there will be a lot of discounted services in the beginning, okay? You may be getting them Groupons. Um, It's just part of driving new traffic to get you booked and gaining experience. And that's okay. You know, sometimes you can work in a salon where they will, the salon will still give you your pay, uh, portion of pay, your commission portion uh, for that services, uh, just, you know, to drive new traffic into salon, knowing that they're going to have long-term customer relationships that are going to well make up for that loss. But, and it's just part of their marketing program. Um, Our salon does that very frequently. But know that you're going to be taking a lot of discounted services. Please don't be PO'd about it. A lot of stairs like, oh, I get these dang Groupons. Listen, at least you're busy and you're working and it gives you the opportunity to grow in the future and have long-term relationships with these customers. So I say take what you can get in the beginning. Take those things. Be happy about it. Groupons, yes. Heck yeah, we'll take those. Uh, Discounted services, heck yeah, I'll take them. Because if that customer comes and sees you three times, they're pretty much hooked and they're going to be a customer for a long, long time with you. So just look at it that way. You are making an investment in your future. Now, the next thing you want to make sure that number seven, and this is the next thing, do you want to be in just hair or do you want to be in different departments as well? So let me tell you a little story. Way, way back, I decided I needed to be in Chicago. That's where I needed to be. So I took my little ass right downtown on the train and I got myself a job in the South Loop. And I loved it and hated it. And here's why. The salon that I worked at, they have now closed down. So thank goodness I'm not there anymore. But I remember they had both spa and haircutting. And while I started in the haircutting department, I wasn't getting as busy as the nail department. And I realized that there was a lot of need for nail technicians. And so knowing both, being a cosmetologist, I offered my services to the nail department temporarily. Well, what happened was, you know, People started booking so crazy in the nail department that I got all filled up with nails and I started doing nails all day long and like one hair appointment a week. And it just became really frustrating for me because nail technology really wasn't the career that I wanted to get into. So keep that in mind when you are starting out is that there may be needs in other departments, but is that where you really want to be long term? If not, do not fill your schedule with those appointments because you're just going to get disappointed in the future like I did. And so I ended up leaving that salon and starting fresh somewhere else closer to home in the suburbs where I live. And um, I don't want that for you too. I want you to be able to be happy in your career. So be sure that if there are opportunities in other departments, that that's really what you want to do long term. Now, the other thing, number eight, is is there new guest traffic in your salon? We talked a little bit about this. Um, We want to make sure that whatever salon you get into is in a high traffic area when you're new and have a plan to help you get your books filled. This means that they are doing regular marketing promotions. They are e-blasting their email list all the time to try to get new traffic in to see you and just doing anything that they can do to support you in your endeavor. Now, 
the thing here is that it's a two-way street. Okay, too often I'll see hairdressers join a higher end salon and then just sit in the back room and wait for traffic to come. You've got to do your due diligence too. You know, I've recently moved salons and I've had to rebuild a little bit as well. And, you know, in my downtime, I am doing things like getting on social media and reaching out to people. I actually have a team member to help me with that too, so that I'm continuously driving new traffic through social media. Um, I am also uh, working with my, my uh, support staff that that helped me like my manager to make sure that and her marketing crew to make sure that we are sending e-blasts out to announce that I am in this salon and to potentially target customers that have not returned to the salon in a year to potentially come back and see somebody new like myself who has joined the team. There's also referral programs that you can set up to help you, and that's your job to pass those out to people who are your target customer so that you can continue to drive traffic behind the chair. So my point here is that it's a two-way street, but make sure that you're looking for a salon that can support you in those endeavors and help you grow your books quickly. So let's talk a little bit about... um, you know, whether or not you can grow financially, which is number nine here. And this is important because all too often I will see hairstyles get stuck in a 40% or or some type of commission structure that isn't ideal and then there's no room for them to grow. You want to make sure that you can A, increase your prices when you become a certain point in your productivity, meaning you're taking a lot of customers and there isn't much white space. Um, And you also want to make sure that there is room in the commission structure or whatever structure you're on, whether it be hourly or commission, for you to be able to continue to grow. So you want your commission to increase. You want your your prices to be able to increase so that you have a long-term path for growth. So is there a plan for you to do that? in the salon. Make sure you look for it. And if not, and all of these things are resonating with you and you're feeling like you don't have those in your salon, it may be time to either talk with your management team about it or to get the heck out if that doesn't work. (laughs) Just is what it is. Now, I know hairstylists. This is the big question and and it leads us to number 10 on the list here. How much am I going to get paid in my first year? All too often, I know new hairdressers who will come out of school and they see these hairstylists online who are tooting their 100K earnings and they're like, I'm going to do that too and I'm going to get it in my first year. The likelihood of that happening is very low and it's not for me to burst your bubble. It's just for me to tell you that there is a growth path to becoming a 100K hairstylist, hence the reason why we are doing this podcast and starting from the very beginning. You've got to set a solid foundation before you can start to get into those types of earnings. So have I known hairdressers in their first year to make thirty dollars to $35,000? I have. They're a rarity, but you can certainly do that with tips. There is no doubt about it. But in the beginning, you're going to be taking sporadic appointments here and there. You're going to be potentially making that hourly because you didn't reach your commission. But with tips and and really getting into a place that can support you and help you grow, there is a potential for you to make some really good money in your first year. I mean, thirty dollars to $35,000 a year is nothing to squawk at right outside of school um, at the high end there. And I think that's incredible. Because a lot of college people start to make that right out of school. So there you have it. 
Um, it is a very lucrative industry if you have the right support. But don't have these expectations of making six figures in your first year because it's highly, highly unlikely. I haven't met a single person yet. And um, I haven't seen that for myself within my salon or with any other people that I've coached in the industry. But you can make some really good cash in your first year if you have the right plan and follow all of these systems and tips that I'm giving you today. So that leads us to the last but not least thing. You've got to work hard and have systems in place to grow. And you can make up to 100K a year eventually. And so make sure that you start now. This is the ground level, guys and gals. And I believe in you. I know that you can do it. And I say a great place to start, like I've talked about before, is to make sure that you are solidifying all of your procedures behind the chair, your technical procedures. So like I said, if you haven't gotten up on my YouTube to get some of those free intern training, do so if your salon does not have some. It'll be huge for you. And if you want to take your skills to the next level, you can attend my free training. It is all about why it's so slow in the salon and how you can fix it. And you can get that at www.gartnerjames.com forward slash fill my books. That's gartnerjames.com forward slash fill my books. It's a free training that is going to help you fill your books and um, show you how to work less and make more money. And at the end of the day, that is exactly what we want. Well, okay, guys, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you spending your time here today and allowing me to help you in your journey. And I can't wait to help you even further along the way as we continue this special podcast. I will see you guys on the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to the 100K Hairstylist Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you would share your biggest takeaway on your Instagram stories or wherever you hang out. This helps me understand what you find most helpful so that I can make more episodes and resources like this. If this podcast has helped you at all, please take a second to leave a review so that we can share the word with others who may enjoy this. And last but not least, don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes sent to you directly. To learn how to work with me one-on-one and get instant access to freebies, trainings, ebooks, and courses that will help you thrive as a hairdresser and salon owner, go to GartnerJames.com right now. I'll see you in the next episode.